Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Scripture says, Then Joseph's master, this is Potiphar, took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Go over to verse, uh, chapter 41, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, that prison. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. This morning... We have looked at the life of Joseph and the seasons of his life, and we found that there was a dream season. And immediately after that, we found that his brothers had rejected him, sold him into slavery. This was the doubting season where he began to uh, perhaps doubt the dream that God had given him because it didn't look, his circumstances didn't look like his dream would ever come to pass. Then we talked about the determining season. We talked about the test that God gives us in the seasons of our life. And we found that if we will pass the test, we will be promoted into the next season that God is wanting to take us into. And we talked about the prosperity test. We talked about the position test. And we talked talked about the test that God has given us that he wants us to pass in order that we might enter into the next season. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you and I want to share with you in our time together uh, this season that Joseph is walking through here in this passage of Scripture. And this is called the delaying season, the delaying season. And so why don't you join with me and join our hearts together in prayer this morning. And we're going to uh, enter into a time in which we, we open up our hearts to God's Word. Join with me this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to gather together to, here in this moment around your word and to receive from you. Father, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our lives, God, that we might receive all that you have for us. Lord, we don't want to just come into this moment, Lord, just for another service to sing a song or hear a sermon, but we've come into this moment today to hear from heaven, to experience your presence and your power. We pray this In Jesus' mighty name, amen? Amen. I'm bringing props today, okay? And uh, I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you, when you make a phone call, you enjoy being on hold? (laughs) Just like I thought. Um, You guys are just like me. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, companies have gone to, in, in terms of dealing with customer service, or dealing with their customers, communicating with them, um, they've kind of gone to more of an automated approach. How many of this aggravates you to no end? Huh? Um, so it kind of looks like this. You'll pick up the phone, you'll call, and uh, you'll go through a litany of questions. We just want to find out, this and that. And you give them the answers to the question that they're asking, and you still just want to talk to a person. I don't know about you, there's some problems that can't be resolved uh, through an answering machine. You need to talk to a person. 
And uh, this is, you know, it, it, all of us, we, we hate, we don't enjoy being on hold. But the reality is, is if we're going to be on hold, I'm going to share with you uh, my, the way that I stay on hold, all right? This is the way that I manage and handle uh, being on hold. This is my phone from my office, okay? Um, and if I don't have any appointments uh, that day, this is my back office uh, phone. If I don't have any appointments that day, I can stay on this phone all day long. Why? Because uh, there's a little button on here um, that's speakerphone. It allows me to be hands-free. And there's another uh, button on this phone. It's right here. And this is the volume button. This allows me to turn the volume all the way down and be distraction-free. You see, the key to me being able to wait on hold is the way in which I stay on hold which is I'm able to be able to work while I'm waiting. Knowing that as I'm waiting and as I am working, the representative on the other side of the phone is also working on my behalf. So I'm able to wait patiently because I am able to be productive as I'm waiting. And if I'm going to wait, this is how I'm going to prefer to wait. <laughs> In our time together this morning, I want to share with you this truth from this passage of Scripture uh, today. God is working. Listen to this. God is working while I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. God is working while I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And as I was praying over this message this week, I feel like the Lord had given me this word to encourage you with today. And it's this. God said, tell my people, don't worry, I'm working on it. <laughs> don't worry, I'm working on it. While you're waiting, 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 God is working. He's working in your situation. Not, just, not, not only is he working in your situation, not as only is he working in your problem and your dilemma, but God is working on you. Come on. And so this morning, we don't just scripturally, when the Bible says to wait on the Lord, wait patiently on the Lord, we don't just wait uh, passively, but we wait assertively as we wait on the Lord. And you can assertively wait on the Lord by trusting in the Lord. There's some things that you can do while you're waiting on hold. The scripture says in Psalm chapter 37, uh, verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. How many of y'all are good at patiently waiting, huh? <laughs> but we all have these seasons in our life where God has us in a holding pattern. God has us in a waiting season. And um, I want to share with you this waiting season that Joseph finds himself in. From uh, Genesis chapter 39, I read to you today that the, the Scripture says that Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. And then we went over to chapter 41, verse 14, and it says... Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him out quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. 
I don't know if you know this, but from Genesis chapter 39, verse 20, to Genesis chapter 40, verse 14, is a chapter and a half in your Bible. You could probably read it in a matter of five minutes, but let me give you some perspective about what, how long of a time a waiting season this is. This is 39 verses, a chapter and a half, like I told you. This is 12 years, this prison sentence. 144 months of silence, 7,488 weeks of waiting, 52,416 days of wandering, um, 157,248 meals alone, 1,257,984 hours of hoping to be released. Plenty of time to become bitter, angry, and resentful. Waiting, the waiting season. And don't, be, uh, don't, don't get it wrong. The waiting season is a painful season. You might be in a waiting season like Joseph was in even right now. Some of you might not be in a literal prison, a physical prison, but some of you are in a waiting season. You're waiting to get pregnant, waiting on work, waiting for that relationship that you've been praying for, waiting for reconciliation in that relationship, waiting for your children to come to Jesus, waiting for God to give, to help waiting God to, for God to heal, waiting for him to come and pull you out of your painful prison. You see, Joseph was in a painful season. Not only had he been rejected by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and now abandoned by Potiphar, even though he was innocent, he was guilty, he did a, the right thing, and he's thrown into this dungeon, which is dirty, it's dark, it's disease-infested, and he's there suffering, waiting, waiting for God to come through. Did you know that God has a purpose, though, in your waiting season? God has a purpose in your pain. Listen to Romans Chapter 5, verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was giving, given to us. Here's the problem. We often waste our waiting season by not welcoming the opportunities of our waiting season. So while you're waiting, I want you to welcome the opportunities of your waiting season. While you're waiting, welcome the opportunities of your waiting season. This is what I do when I'm on hold. When I'm waiting, I'm welcoming the opportunity that would afford itself even in my waiting season. I'm, I'm working while I'm waiting. And though, uh, though we don't like waiting, we reject waiting, the reality is God is using the waiting season in our life, and he doesn't want us to use uh, the waiting season to look at the obstacles of the waiting season, but the opportunities of the waiting season. 
There are opportunities. Opportunities, number one, here's the first opportunity of the waiting season. The opportunity of the waiting season is intimacy. It's an opportunity for intimacy with God. Here's what I love. In Genesis chapter 39, just as it says that, uh, that Joseph was thrown into prison, the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. You see, in your pain, in your sorrow, in your difficulty, in your waiting, the reality is, of, is that God is with you in your waiting season. While you are suffering, struggling, holding out hope, God is with you. Don't waste your waiting season. Don't waste it by not welcoming the opportunities of your waiting season. The second thing that I want you to do is not just, uh, not, not just intimacy, uh, use it as an opportunity for greater intimacy with God, but I want you to use this season as an opportunity to invest in others. A lot of things take place between Genesis chapter 39 and Genesis chapter 41 and Joseph's waiting season and his prison season. One of these things that happened was there were, there were these prisoners that came from Pharaoh's palace. Pharaoh was upset with a butler and a baker. And the Bible says in chapter 40, verse 1, it came to pass after these things that Joseph was in the prison, that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offered their lord the king of Egypt, or offended the king of Egypt, their lord. And Pharaoh was angry with these two officials, the butler and the baker. So he put them in the custody of the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard, listen to this, charged Joseph with them, and he served them so that they were in custody for a while. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. Both of them, each man dreamed one night, and each man's, man's dream with his own interpretation. And Joseph came into them in the morning, and he looked at them. He was serving. He looked at them, and he saw that they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's, who were with the, uh, Pharaoh's officers who were with them in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We have each had a dream, and there's no interpreter for it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Joseph used this prison season, even though he was going through pain and suffering, even though he was falsely accused and rejected and abandoned for doing something that was good, he, he used this opportunity to serve others. He used it as, as an opportunity to invest in others. And when the butler and the baker came into that prison season, in that time in which he was in the prison with them, God, he used that to minister to them. God has given you a ministry in your waiting season. It's an opportunity to invest. When you invest, it means that you give of something to somebody else and you get a return as a result of your investment. How many of you know the Bible says this, that whatever you sow, you will also reap? And some of us need to be reminded of this truth. When we use the opportunity of our waiting season to invest in others, we reap a harvest and, a, and, and, and we are beneficiaries of that opportunity that we have to serve others. Parents, you need to be reminded of this. You see, because you might be like me, you might be in a waiting season. I'm in a waiting season where my son is still in diapers. It's a painful season still. And even though I want him 
to get out of this diaper season, I do realize that there are not only just obstacles in this season of raising children, but there's also opportunities in this season of raising my children, right? It's the opportunity to teach. It's the opportunity to love. It's the opportunity that when I put them to bed at night, I get to pray over them, right? It's the opportunities that I have to lead by example. And so I don't just look at the messes in my son's life. I don't just look at the lights that my daughter does not turn off when she leaves the room. Come on. I don't just, you know, get frustrated when they leave things behind. But I know that this season that I'm in with them, this waiting season, won't last forever. You see, the days are long, but the the years are short. And I'm going to use this opportunity that I have to invest in my children, and I'm going to reap the reward of relationship with my children. (laughs) Welcome the opportunities of your waiting season. Oftentimes, we, uh, our opportunities are disguised, though, as obstacles. Are they not? And God gives us opportunities even in the midst of our, our waiting season. So I want you to use it as an your waiting season as an opportunity for intimacy with God to invest in others, and finally to increase in your gifting. How many know that God has gifted you with talents, abilities, skills, things that are unique to you, the way that he has designed you? And you've got to take the waiting season in order to minister to others and develop and grow in your gifting. Joseph was a prolific dreamer. He dreamed for himself. He dreamed for a nation. But now we find Joseph interpreting the dreams of others. You see, God wants to increase the gifting in your life in your waiting season. Don't waste your waiting season. Grow in your waiting season by developing your ministry to others and the gifts that God has given you. The scripture says that Joseph began to interpret the dreams of the butler and the baker. Do you know that there are people in your life that need your gift? They need your influence. They need your wisdom. They need your help. They're surrounding you. They're all around you every day. They need you and your gift that is on your life. So in my waiting season, I will welcome the obstacles as opportunities in which God is working. Next, while I'm waiting, I won't forget, listen to this, I won't forget that God has not forgotten me in my waiting season. God has not forgotten me. Though his family had rejected Joseph, God accepted him. Though his brothers had abandoned him, God was with him. Though Potiphar's wife had falsely accused him, God ultimately exonerated him. Though Potiphar had forsaken him, God said that he would never leave or forsake him. Though the butler had forgotten him, God remembered him. And though Pharaoh was unaware of him, God would exalt him. Never forget that while you are waiting, God is with you. God is with you. And that here is the injustice of the moment. Not only did did Joseph minister to the butler. The butler, once he was got out, Joseph said, Joseph said, I want you to remember me. And then in verse, then in verse uh, 23 of chapter 40, it says the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. How many have ever been there before? The people that you helped out forgot you. 
Come on, the friends that you thought you had dismissed you. They abandoned you. They weren't there for you when you needed it the most. But can I promise you today that God is not a fair weather friend? Come on, he's not just there for you when things are good. God is there for you at all times. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you through the storm and the rain. Come on, he's with you on the mountain and he's with you in the valley. God will never leave you or forsake you. He is with you at all times. And so we have to remember that God is with us in our waiting season. The longer we wait, though, the greater our tendency is to forget. Have you ever noticed that? Like when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a situation where you're on hold, it's easy to forget that God is working even while you're waiting, waiting, waiting. You see, when I'm on the phone in my back office and, um, and the representative is, is working on my behalf, it might be like 10, 20, 30 minutes, and I've totally forgot that I'm on the phone whatsoever because time has passed by. And I wonder if some of us, because we have been waiting so long, we have forgotten that God is working even as we're waiting. You see, that representative told me, Mr. Cross, I'm... Um, I'm going to get back to you on this. I'm going to put you on hold, but I'm going to, I'm going to get the solution for you. I'm, why, just hold on here, and I'm working on it for you. We can't forget that while we are waiting, God is working. We can't forget what God has said while we're waiting. And what did God say? What do we have to remember? We have to remember the promises of God. God said this to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We have to remember that the presence of the Lord also is included, includes the plans of the Lord. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We have to remember what God has said and that he will protect us. Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. We can't forget that God has promised provisions in our life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But not only that, God has promised us his peace. Listen to this, Isaiah 54, 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And we can't forget that not only does God have a plan because he, his presence is in our life, not only does he provide for us because of his presence in our life, not only does he, um, does he give us peace through his presence in our life, but he gives us power. The Bible says this, I, say, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. And finally, God has promised us a prize. But we, listen to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that is all surpassing passing power 
is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side. Come on, we're waiting, we're struggling, we're going through a delaying season, a waiting season, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Never forget what God has said while you're waiting. Finally, while I'm waiting, not only do I welcome the opportunities in my waiting season, I won't forget that God has not forgotten me in my waiting season, but finally, I will hold on to hope in my waiting season. I will hold on to hope. Come on, somebody say, listen, you have to just, you have to just hold on. You have to tell yourself, I'm not letting go, but I'm holding on. I'm holding on to God. Hold on when disappointment tells you to let go. When everything in your life is telling you to let go, to give up and give in, when everything is telling you to hang up, you've got to continue to hold on. You see, if you'll hold on long enough, God will come through. He'll get you out and he'll get you on to where he's taking you. This is what the Bible says about hope. I read it to you, to you earlier. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, hope does not disappoint. The, word, the prefix dis means this. It means to undo something. In other words, to disappoint means the opposite of to a point, right? And so the word disappointment means that an appointment has been missed. Joseph did not allow disappointment cause him to miss his appointment. God had an appointment for, your, for his life. God has an appointment for your life. If you'll simply hold on to hope in your waiting season and not allow disappointment to let you, to, to cause you to hang up and to let go, you will make it to your appointment. Hold on when disappointment tells you to let go. See, when I've been on hold a long time, it's tempting for me to hang up. And deal with it at, an, at another date. But if I'll just hold on, if you'll just hold on to hope, then you'll get to your next appointment. You see, I can't, I can't wait forever because I've got another appointment that I've got, got to get to. But if I just hold on, God will see to it that I make my appointment. Don't hang up on hope. Don't hang up on hope. The Greek word for hope is the word ellipsis. It's a confident, confident expectation of a future result that is founded in certainty. Hmm. This hope, the Apostle Paul, maybe the Apostle Paul says in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says, this hope we have is an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast. P.L., would you come? Timothy says this in chapter 1, verse 1 of 1 Timothy. Uh, Paul says this to, to Timothy and to us. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. We have this hope for our soul. And this morning, you might be in a waiting season. You might be struggling. You might be hopeless. You might be getting ready to hang up, to give up. Hold on to hope in your waiting season. We can turn to Jesus to be our hope. The fact is, we're going to put our hope in something. 
Either we're going to put our hope in God or we're going to put our hope in something else. And the, the reality is not if you're going to put your hope in something. It's who are you going to put your hope in. Put your hope in Jesus. He's an anchor for your soul. When the storms of life blow you, when your life is getting off course and it's going in a direction that you never thought that it would, when people have rejected you, when you feel the sting of abandonment, when it seems like you're all alone, when it seems like the report from the doctor is hopeless, when it seems like things don't seem to be changing, hold on to hope. Jesus is your hope. Don't allow disappointment to grip your heart that you let go and hang up on the hope that you have in Jesus. This morning, with every head bowed and every eyes, every eye closed, you're going to anchor to something. What are you going to anchor to today? What are you placing your hope in? You're in a waiting season today. You're in a moment of disappointment, of despair, of discouragement, of depression. What are you going to do while you're waiting? Are you going to welcome the opportunities in your waiting season? Are you going to draw near to God and experience to his presence close to you? See, the Bible says that he's near to the brokenhearted. He's our helper in our time of trouble. Will you invest in others in your waiting season? <laughs> will, you, will you grow in your gifting? Will you, will you develop in the calling of God on your life? Will you take this opportunity to increase in the gifting of God on your life? While you're waiting, are you going to forget? Don't forget that God has not forgotten you in your waiting season. And I want you to hold on. Hold on to the hope that is in Jesus Christ in your waiting season. God is working while you're waiting, waiting, waiting. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He is with you. And you will make it to your appointment if you can just hold on to hope. Lord, you are that hope. You're that hope that anchors our soul when life is out of control, Lord. You're the one that we turn to to find hope. And it's not, it's not a hope that's based in subjectivity. It's not something that we hope for where the world defines it as something that's subjective. But our hope is objective. Our hope is founded in the truth of your word. Your word says that you are our hope, the anchor of our soul. Lord Jesus, we anchor to you today. We, we draw near to you. God, we give our life to you. And in this waiting season, we're holding strongly to you. Father, help us, each one in this place today, Lord, that might be going 
through a season of tears, of trouble, of pain, of difficulty. Help them to see that on the other side of their prison is a palace. There is a, an appointment. There is a better day, a brighter day that is yet in store for their life. Lord, as we're holding on to you, God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the joy that comes from your presence. In your presence, your word says there is fullness of joy. In your presence, Lord, there is hope. Hope that you have a plan. You said you know the plans that you have for us, Lord. Plans to give us a hope and a future. Thank you, Lord, for the great things that you have yet to do, Lord. Our hope is in you. And Lord, today there might be those that are in this room that are in a place of decision. They've put their hope in other things. They've put their hope in a job. They've put their hope in a relationship. Maybe they've put their hope in themselves. They've put their hope in happiness. They've put their hope in an experience. They've put their hope in and success they put their hope in the things that they have accumulated but they found all of these things to leave them empty God today I pray that they would find the hope that can only come from being in relationship with you Lord you came and you died Lord that we might know you we might be in relationship with you and so father this morning I ask, Lord, that you would reveal to us, Lord, our great need, the great need of a Savior. Our sin is great, but your love is greater than our sin. That's the hope that we have in you, the hope of forgiveness of our sins, the hope of heaven and the relationship here on earth with you, Lord, that you will remove all of our sins, that you will make all things new that you will give us eternal life. So, Father, all across this room, we pray, Lord, that if there is someone in here today that is on the brink of giving up hope, maybe someone who doesn't know the hope that's found in Jesus, Father, we pray that they would turn to you today for hope. Hope that would strengthen them. Hope that would sustain them in their waiting season. Stand up on your feet all across this room today. I want to bless you and pray for you as we leave today. But I don't want to leave this place today without giving you an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. So I want you to do this with me today. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need of a Savior. Today, I turn from my sin. I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You are the hope that I'm building my life on. I'm going to allow you to lead me all the days of my life. This promise I make to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to close you guys out in worship today. If you need prayer, we have a prayer team up here. We would love to be able to minister to you in your waiting season. Um, this is what you've come into is a family at Victory Church. 
It's all about relationship with God and relationship with one another. We'd love to be able to pray for you and bear your burdens and carry your sorrows. This is an opportunity for you to come and receive strength and help and to be prayed for. We don't want to let this moment go by. If you need prayer, come and see one of these that are up here in the front. And they'd love to be able to pray with you and strengthen you and pray for you in your waiting season. Now may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.